are going matrix on you bitches. Um, on this episode of the commercial break, the the final thought, Mike's parting comment was that everybody's got Steve-O wrong that Steve-O's actually very intelligent wow <laughs> yeah Who? he said everybody's got you wrong you're a smart guy wow really the next episode of the commercial break starts now Break. I'm Brian Green. This is the director of Stunt Person Services, Tina. Tina, best to you. Best to you, Brian. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. So fucking excited because Steve O is going to be joining us shortly. Can't even wait. If I had told you 15 or 20 or maybe even more years ago than that, that Steve, that you and I would be sitting in a room somewhere talking to Steve O directly, would you have believed me? I would have asked you how many drugs you were on. <laughs> you would ask me if this is another flight of fancy <laughs> due to LSD. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way I would have believed it. But here we are. I joined a whole band based on one long night of drug use and you dropping me off the next That's day. That's right. <laughs> never to be seen again. <laughs> Brian went into the void. The Chopper Johnson void. I'll never forget it. Oh, I will never forget it either. Uh, I, with Steve-O coming in, reminds me, I, I, I hadn't told this story when we were talking about Steve-O last week when Chrissy was in here. But there was a guy that I knew at when I worked at McDonald's, and this is before knowing you, but I worked at McDonald's when I was like 15 years old for two or three years. There was one of the cooks back there. He had no teeth. I mean, seriously, no teeth. He had like one jagged tooth coming out, but he was the nicest guy. I'll never forget his name. It's Greg. Greg the grill guy. And he could make you a burger with no onions, lickety split. If you were in his favor, you were getting your food out rather quickly. And back then, McDonald's employees actually gave a shit whether or not someone was Remember standing. Remember the days. Remember the days. <laughs> and listen, I understand fast food work for no pay and, and dealing with sure. shitty customers yeah. is terrible in 20, 2023. But anyway, this guy, he, before Steve-O and Jackass came along, he had this idea that he would do these crazy stunts on videotape. So he... At night, they would sometimes close down, and I imagine that they were high and or drunk, because he's also the first person I ever bought weed from. But anyway, I would imagine <laughs> he was high or drunk, but him and this other manager, they would take this big, clunky VHS recorder, uh, you know, video recorder oh, that they had, the kind that you put on your shoulder, and it was just like 30 pounds. Heave it around. Yeah, and people thought you had a spaceship <laughs> on your shoulder. It was crazy. Um so they would take this and they would make these small movies inside of the McDonald's late at night, like at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And one time I got invited to be a part of this movie that they were making. It was supposed to be like an action movie at the McDonald's and I had to jump over the counter and fall on some cardboard and all this other shit. Well, when I wasn't there, the guy did a, they did a movie, the manager and the grill guy did a movie together where he was supposed to jump off the McDonald's roof into a bunch of boxes, empty boxes. This was supposed to break his fall, but it did not break his fall. It broke his legs is what oh, it did. No. And he ended up getting a broken ankle and a broken femur no. and was out for like, I don't know, two months or something like that. And the poor guy didn't no have a teeth, pot to piss no in. Leg. No teeth, no legs, no <laughs> this grill. This is a catastrophe. Probably no drugs <laughs> or either really good drugs, one of the two. But for two months, we didn't see the guy. 
And only after he came back did we get a chance to watch the videotape, which was gruesome, Tina. It was gruesome. Live he just went tape. straight through the boxes. Oh, no. And then the guy, the guy, the manager runs up with the video camera and, are you okay? Are you okay? And you could see him there. He's like, ah, I think you should call an ambulance. <laughs> and when now I'm thinking Steve's coming in today. I'm not going to tell him the story because it's dumb and Steve's done things that are 10 times as crazy. But I just remember that pre-Jackass, these guys had this idea that they were going to do these crazy stunts all by themselves, videotape it. Our send generation it to was know. totally into it. I mean, Tom Green, you think about it. It was like, oh, it Tom was a Green? Yeah. yeah, it was a it was huge a, It was a huge cultural movement when people were like, let's do dumb stuff let's now do- that we can record it yeah. and watch it back. Let's do more dumb stuff. That's it. Like the viral skate videos. You, you what don't was like viral it. back then? A box of VHS That's tapes? It. And if your VCR didn't work, God forbid you didn't have a good working rewind button. That's right. <laughs> or God forbid you didn't know how to press record on your favorite episode of whatever. That's or right. God forbid someone re- or recorded over your favorite episode of whatever. But so, you're right yeah. about this. Like MTV, there was a whole... When MTV wasn't always as shitty as it is today. That's right. There was a time when I think they really had their finger on the pulse of what was going on back in the 90s and they early really 2000s. Did. And they, Tom Green, some of the weirdest, wildest shows, Beavis and Butthead, Tom S- Green. Throw a skateboard at it and we're in it. and we're in. We're done. Yeah, we'll watch. Some skateboard and Dinosaur Jr. Yeah, and do you something were, stupid. <laughs> yeah, whine at go. us through the radio. <laughs> we're going to be, we're, we're going to yum it up. <laughs> you don't like Dinosaur Jr., do you? I mean, I don't know that I'd pay to see a show today, but I, there was a time where I could get through a, a few songs. I think that one album was good. What? Where have you been? Yeah. Was it the one with the painting? The guys, them, paint? the Toadies. Who else? There was there oh, was the a toadies. string of those whiny. Yeah, they were all well. It, it was like grunge, and then the other. Do you wanna die? <laughs> do you wanna die? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I recently saw them do that. Like I watched on YouTube them do that at a, at a small club. They're touring, actually. Toadies in, are. No. Yes, they are. <laughs> oh and I watched them on YouTube, and I can say that their glory days are probably behind them. Probably. But, you know, if you but get we're the, still here, so. Yeah, that's it. But <laughs> we'll if you come. get the crowd of 50-somethings to sing, do you want to die? <laughs> then you don't have to sing those rough parts. Just sell them a $20 t-shirt, let them into the concert for free, call it a day. $20 t-shirt. <laughs> if you're a Toadies fan, you're paying $100 for a t-shirt oh. they got to get from point A to point B. Listeners, do we have a Toadies fan out there? Oh, I know that there's a couple Toadies fans out there. Listen, I didn't mind that one album, but I wasn't going to go. Yeah, yeah, that one. That I one. didn't get the second one. No way. But I do have a number of Dinosaur Jr. albums. Because I do like that. At a festival, I'd see them. And that's what they're doing right now. It's a lot of fat. They were at Mempho with Chrissy. Yes. Yes. And they are. But not that, not last year. This year. This last yeah, year. I didn't yeah, go yeah. this year. No, I didn't go this year either. No, that one once was fine. That was, <laughs> that was enough. I loved We're Mempho. not trumping widespread. No. I loved Mempho, but next time I go, I'm going to go purely as a spectator, not no as someone standing at a tent. No porta potties. <laughs> No yeasty beer on, smell all fun. weekend long. It was, it, was, it was. We had a good time. Uh, and we got great interviews out of it. The only problem is the entire, like, all you can hear is, I like coconut sugar. And people throwing up behind the porta potty. Oh, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. We were, uh, we were like an extra porta potty. <laughs> Hey guys. Hey everybody. Hey, you want to come over here? Hey, what is this? What is this? Oh, it's a podcast. You're doing a podcast? Yeah, well, we're not doing a podcast because neither of us can be at the tent at the same time. That's right. But what we are doing is giving you a sticker and an opportunity to talk drunkly into a microphone, and I'll never use the audio until someday when I can clean up the background of it. But I I will give you an update on this while we're talking about live music. I did 
catch a video because you know I was talking to I've been talking to Chrissy about the cr- big Creed reunion tour that's yes, going on and Scott Another Stack <laughs> yeah who I met one time at an airport he kindly moved his guitar so my child could sit down and eat um, so I ate an entire McDonald's meal before taking an international flight sitting oh, across from Scott solid Stack solid play unbelievable unbelievable and I didn't because I wouldn't gush and gosh over sure. Scott Stapp but because I've been talking about him and YouTube listens to everything I do, up appeared Scott Stapp live in somewhere in New Jersey on the 23rd singing Creed songs with his own band. They haven't actually done the reunion yet. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, sure. I he guess. wrote the song. <clears throat> yeah, oh, okay. he wrote the song. I think that's like an agreement you make about publishing rights and all that other bullshit. I wouldn't know. Because I think that even if Scott sings it live and it makes money on YouTube or the whatever, then the band, if they have publishing rights, might get a cut too. I don't know how that shit works. And I can't imagine that Creed sells their publishing rights. I mean, Scott went through a pretty bad time. He probably <laughs> sold that just shit. Just let it go. Yeah, just let it go. <laughs> but I will admit this. While I don't like their music, Scott Stab's voice sounds really good. He Either he has been in with... Uh, or, or I want to say oral coach, but it's probably called a vocal coach. I would go with vocal orals. That or, other thing we talked about the other day. Fet life. <laughs> That's at Fet life. Fet yeah. life. <laughs> Your oral coach can be found at Frolicon. But <laughs> even though I don't like them, I'll give them props where the props are due. He sounded good. He sounded good. He sounded, okay. he sounded just like he did on the album uh, that we heard way too many songs of. But uh, people who like Creed and they're going to see Creed, I think they're going to get a good version of Creed because it's not... That's refreshing. Vince Neil trying desperately to sing his own songs while out of breath, eating a donut, and forgetting the words. Yes, because wow. that is really disappointing when you're excited and you finally get to go see that band. Yes. And then it's... It's terribly disappointing. It's like letting the balloon go I know. before you tie the knot in it. And the crazy thing is, is that Motley Crue was like the number one revenue generating tour of 2022. Wow. And I cannot believe, I cannot wrap my head around why, after so much publicity about the bad singing, bad vocals, backing tracks, Tommy Lee's not even playing the drums, all this other stuff, like, I can't imagine why you would want to go spend $109 to sit in front of there, right? sit in front of them, but, you know, I guess if you're a diehard fan. We did it for GNR? Yeah, that's true. That we did it for Guns N' Roses. That wasn't disappointing at no, all. No, it wasn't. Think. He looked bloated. He's bloated. He's way bloated. But they sounded pretty damn good. They sounded pretty damn good. Now, he's got a different register than he did before. He's and we not... drank enough. <laughs> probably helped. I was so fucking <laughs> sloshed during that show. I was so fucking sloshed. I left like two songs before it ended because I was like, I'm not going to get I into I stayed till the bitter end. I even I even wore the side ponytail. Remember? I got all dressed up. You were looking I, I rocked my 80s. Good. I rocked my 80s. My 80s best. You know who's a big fan of Motley Crue? Steve-O. We should have brought that up. We, we should we bring that yeah. up. Yeah. And you know, Steve O would call around hotels and he would try and find, this is a story that I read on the internet, he would try and find where Motley Crue was staying so he could hopefully hang out with them in the lobby or, you know, meet up with them sere- Brilliant idea. surreptitiously. I also used to do that when bands would come to Atlanta and I <laughs> Wait, liked them, what? I would try and call around and find the hotel. I never once... <laughs> got a hold of anybody except except for crash test dummies <laughs> i managed oh. to find out they were staying at the hampton inn or whatever it was that's another weird one out of the 90s so were they did you hang out with no them? i didn't even go oh. no i was just more curious than anything about where they were why staying. are you guys staying at the hampton yeah because we're crashed and like dummies. the next year i saw them at chastain and there was maybe 50 people in the audience oh, oh. That, it didn't even have a name the yeah. song was just mm-hmm. called <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whatever happened to them. Bare Naked Ladies and Crash Test Dummies, the two bands out of the 
Canada that came down here are now no. destroyed. I went on tour with Bare Naked Ladies once. And by tour, I mean we met them here in Atlanta because I happened to be at the show with two really attractive girls, caught the eye of some roadies. Yep. Those roadies then got us backstage. We then actually hung out with the Bare Naked Ladies. And then they invited us. How do I think you were involved in this somehow, like way, shape, or form? Wasn't that 96 Rock's big day out, like mid-90s? Something. We ended up on stage with Squirrel Nut Zippers. And oh, in the 99, uh, Power yeah. 99 tent. With- oh, that's right. <laughs> Squirrel Nut Zippers. Remember them? Yes. We've alienated anyone <laughs> over the age Sorry, Anyone under guys. the age of 30 is just gone now. They're like, I thought you guys were talking to Steve-O. We are going to talk are. to Steve-O. Sorry, we're getting prepped. This is the time when Steve-O was like coming on the scene. It's true. And we were so excited about this new show, Jackass, which I could only watch half the stunts one time. Right. And then I didn't, wa- yeah, I yeah. didn't want to watch it again. But you couldn't turn away. I think if you were alive. I had to look. When Jackass the series was on right. and playing on MTV. You had to look. It was a train wreck you had to see because everybody was going to be talking well, about Well, and here's the thing. We didn't have YouTube back then. True we story. couldn't just go watch other idiots doing this. This was our only idiot stunt TV show like available. The idiot box. That was it. Yeah. With the television show that our parents would have never allowed banned us. from the banned house. Banned from the house. <laughs> but since my dad was, what did he call it? He called it blissfully unaware, unaware. of what was going on in the house. <laughs> Uh, I watched it every time that it came on. And because we could not press rewind and see it again. No, or record really unless you had the VCR. That's right. Unless you had the VCR. And it worked. And it worked. (laughs) You know, my son, uh, my son, one of my kids, he says, when we, Astrid and I got married, they sent us the video DVD. They didn't even send it to us electronically. They sent it DVD. Wow. And then they sent some clips electronically. And the clips were beautiful. They put music to it. It was wonderfully. But then uh, Astrid and I looked at each other. We're like, when are we ever going to watch this? We don't have a DVD player. Right. So I go to Walmart. I buy the $19 DVD player. $6.99 on Black Friday. Yeah, I plug it in. (laughs) And what I get is a seven-minute truncated version of the wedding. That's all. That's all that's on there. No way. However, the toasts that were made, like the special features. The stuff you want, yeah. The stuff that, the toasts that were made. No, quite frankly, the stuff that I didn't want. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I, they gave good toast. They did. But it just made me realize, uh, wow, we probably should never watch this again. <laughs> What's the fucking point? Use it as a coaster. Yeah, my son's using it as a Frisbee yeah. currently right now. He got uninterested as quickly as he got interested. He was like, What's this? Why are you guys there? Where am I? What, who's doing that? <laughs> Why were you so fat, daddy? <laughs> Son, it was a different time. It's back when I could eat a meal without getting horrible indigestion. Now <laughs> I just don't days. eat. That's right. <laughs> um, so we got Steve-O coming up. We're very grateful that he's decided to spend some time with us. Let me give you the pertinent details before we get him on here. He's got a brand new special called Bucket List. It's available on his website. Um, we're going to put a link to it in the show notes. Steve's Wild, Steve-O's Wild Ride is a podcast and a vodcast. It's on YouTube. Quite frankly, I think you should watch the YouTube version because yeah, the visuals are fantastic. Yep. He's in a van traveling to see these celebrities, and they literally walk in the van, sit down on a couch, pet his dog, and have a great conversation. Bill Burr's a great episode of that. Corey Feldman, I'm obsessed with that episode. I Don't, don't ask me why. I'm just obsessed with it. It's um, a brilliant concept. It really is. He did it. it. Is. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, he, he, he does a, a good job guy. on it. And so you can find that, the audio version, but you can also find that on the video version on YouTube. 
Um, and yeah, that's what Steve O's doing right now. I think he's going to go back on tour with this bucket list. The bucket list special is all the stunts that he could not perform on Jackass because the producers would not allow it. So viewer beware. Viewer beware. And since he's given me express permission to tell you what's in the video, there are stunts, guys, that I think Steve's going to die. Like, it's clear <laughs> there is no... Uh, it's clear that things are going wrong, but somehow Steve it's on pulls brand it off. For sure. It's on brand for <laughs> sure. Bucket list. We watched the special. It's fantastic. So if you can get a hold of it, do. Let's take a short break and then we'll get Steve O in here. What do you think? Can't wait. Okay. We'll be right back with uh, Steve O. You know who he is. Even even if you're under the age of 30, you clearly have heard of Steve O. You clearly have. Clearly have heard of Steve O. So we'll be right back with Steve O. Look, I know you guys are getting really sick of me, but that is too bad. It's my job. Now, go to tcbpodcast.com for all of our audio and video content and get your little booty over to youtube.com slash the commercial break for fully edited video episodes. Want to chat? Leave us a voicemail at 626-ASK-TCB3. Too embarrassed for your voice to be on the show? We understand. Text us instead at 855-TCB-8383. Can't even do that? No worries. Just follow us on TikTok at TCB Podcast and on Instagram at The Commercial Break. And if you can't even be seen doing that, just listen to these sponsors and let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody, wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Okay, do you want to know what the single biggest challenge for me as a single person was? Shopping for, prepping, and cooking nutritious meals. Do you want to know what the biggest challenge for me as a human with 25 to 60 family members living in my house? Shopping for, prepping, and cooking a nutritious meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's a big stress point around here. And since I don't really know how to cook, that stress often falls on other family members. But this holiday season, we're going to try something different. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help us fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to our door. Because Factor's never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, all you have to do is heat and enjoy. You can choose from over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh and never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. And guess what? It's all delivered right to your front door. With Factor, we can be assured that we're making sustainable choices. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. Hey, look at that, a company who's trying to do some good. So head to factormeals.com slash commercial break five zero and use the code commercial break five zero to get 50% off. That's code commercial break five zero at factormeals.com slash commercial break five zero and get 50% off. We also want to thank Factor for being a sponsor of The Commercial Break. I'm Tank Sinatra. And I'm Investigator Slater. And together we co-host a podcast called Psychopedia, which is a true crime podcast infused with comedy, making it a crimedy. Each week, Investigator Slater brings us a wild and thoroughly researched true crime case. I'm here to digest it all and react just like you probably are right there on the other side of the microphone. Somehow, I've got to present each case with the detail and respect it deserves, while also cracking up at Tank's perfectly timed humor and thought-provoking questions. Listen to and follow Psychopedia on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're here with Steve O. Steve, what's going on, my friend? 
I'm hanging tough. I've got my beautiful Wendy, good girl. Ah, she's gorgeous, and I know she's on wild rides sometimes too. I see that. I think that kind of disarms your guests a little bit. Like they get to pet the dog and hang out there for a minute. Yeah, you know, like I disarm my guests a lot. I think, and that has to do with me bringing the studio to them. Yeah, with the van. I think people just come out of like their home. And then all of a sudden they're on camera and they don't, they don't, it's pretty awesome. They, they kind of get, it's like interrupted from the normal flow of activity that they walk into some publicist's room with a camera and snapshots and all that. You, I, I think you give them kind of a homey feel. I was just sharing with Steve that I watched the Bill Burr episode of Wild Ride, which is fantastic. You have to check it out. Um, his podcast and his vodcast. But I was watching the Bill Burr episode and instantaneously, Bill's like, he's so relaxed. He's like, oh, let me pet your dog for a few minutes and we'll shoot the shit. I love it. How, why the, what was, who told you, you should go do a podcast and you decided to put it into a van and ride around? Um, well, being that I, I tour at doing live comedy. Yep. It uh, really is kind of uh, an, an important piece of the puzzle to do a podcast. Um, I, I recognized that, but I just hated the idea of asking that annoying question of my famous friends, like, will you be on my podcast? Like, I just, <laughs> you know, like, I, it was so difficult for me to come around to that, that the only way I could is if... Uh, I made it convenient by bringing the, you know, it's a lot easier to ask somebody to be on your podcast if you say, I'll bring the studio to you whenever and wherever. Exactly. Convenient. You can roll up to their front door, basically. Do you, uh, let me ask you a question because I, I've been dying to ask this since, uh, since I heard you were coming on the show. You lived in Venezuela when you were a kid. Is that correct? It, it is. I don't remember it. Uh, I moved there when I was uh, two years old, I believe, and um, lived there, uh, I think, for less than two years. I left when I was four, I believe. Um, so I don't remember any of it, but I did definitely speak fluent Spanish in nursery school. In <laughs> Have you kept that up? Have you kept the Spanish up? Yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I, I lost Spanish and Portuguese. My, my first words were in Portuguese. Here, uh, here is why I ask that question and why it's uh, so canny to me or uncanny to me. My wife is Venezuelan, like, you know, born in Venezuela. And then I chased her around the world and, and asked her to come to the United States with me. Now we have children. And so they're learning all about, you know, they're learning Spanish. There's a bilingual household. And I thought that was so fascinating. How did you end up in, in Venezuela? I'm assuming because your family, your dad took a job there. Wasn't he, yeah. wasn't he like an executive for PepsiCo or something? He was. Um, I was born in England. Um, my dad was working for Procter and Gamble, and when not when I was six months old, the family moved to Brazil uh, because Dad became the president of Pepsi Cola Brazil. Oh, and I was raised by live-in maids. <laughs> that's why I spoke my first words in Portuguese. Um, and uh, then Dad got a promotion to like a larger territory of uh, South and Central America. And that's why we moved to Venezuela. 
It's such a beautiful country. I want to go visit, but you know, there's obviously there's some things to be considered now. I think it was a different country. You and I are around the same age. It's a different country back then than it is now. So it's not, you know, it's a little unsafe to travel to Venezuela as a gringo. But uh, but I can't wait to go because I just I I've heard it's beautiful. I've seen so many pictures, and the people there are lovely. It's so lovely. I married one, Steve. So and congratulations on your engagement too. I know you got engaged about a year ago. Is that right? Um, it, it's been more than that. We've been on a real marathon engagement. Um, oh, have you? Yeah, we, which is good. It's okay. Long engagements are okay. I, I think they're totally fine. <laughs> like, do it yeah. when you're ready. Well, I mean, I, I'm happy to be so sure that I'm with the the right woman for me. And, and the longer we spend engaged, the more sure I am. So. Good man. Good man. Steve, yeah. how did yeah. you get the name Steve-O? You have to tell this story about your brief but probably wonderful time at the <laughs> University of Miami. Yeah, there wasn't much to it. I was always drunk. Um, my friends tended to be always drunk. Um, keg parties were uh, events where I would uh, make a point of acting out in some ridiculous way. And while I was acting out, that inspired my drunken friends to scream. And uh, it was just born of drunk people screaming, Steve-O! Steve-O! And uh, that was really uh, as simple as it was, the, the, the origin of Steve-O. So I guess you say, what's the O stand for? And the genuine answer is nothing. It doesn't stand for anything. It's people going, Steve, oh, shit, look at what that guy just did. Can can I ask you? Like, let me get inside your head a little bit. When you, when do you start, like, just recognizing that you have this really strange, uh, like, ability to turn off fear and do things that other people clearly have no, and you know, would not in the right mind do? Like, what prompts that kind of energy to come out? When do you start recognizing that this is something that people are paying attention to, and I should uh, kind of travel down this road? Well, <laughs> uh, there's a, a, a kind of funny and kind of sad story from Venezuela. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> when I was, uh, I think it was my first day of nursery school. I'm actually reasonably sure that it was my very first day of nursery school. My mother was Canadian and... Um, she went to pick me up from my first day of nursery school in Venezuela. And the, uh, the, the, the women working at the, the nursery school, they said, the, they said, you know, Esteban, you know, Steve is tremendo. Tremendo. <laughs> He's a great kid. He's lovely. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that my mom thought that what they were saying, that I was tremendous. Tremendous. Great compliment. But uh, as as my mom related this to uh, her Spanish speaking friends, um, they said, "Oh no 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 no! Tremendo doesn't mean tremendous or wonderful. Tremendo means like like really terrible. That's the Spanish trend. Like that's right. Then, like, you know, it was always kind of a funny anecdote in the family. But um, then years later, when I was watching the uh, the Blackfish documentary yeah. about the orcas at SeaWorld, yeah. they had this lady, I believe, uh, can, can you let her out? They had this lady 
who is describing uh, having witnessed the the mangled body of her son who had been torn apart by an orca. And she described the sight. I remember this. She said that seeing her son all torn apart by a killer whale was tremendo. (laughs) Not exactly (laughs) something you want to be lined up with. Right. I don't know. I I have no idea what the behavior was, which uh, inspired the label of Tremendo when I was uh, two years old. But there was something going on there. And, um, I mean, I... You just kind of always felt it? Like, it was always a part of you? Like, hey, I I just have this energy and I want to get it out in these these ways. Yeah, I I would say so. Um... There was just always something. I, 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 I was six years old and uh, jumped off of uh, of a like full size refrigerator and landed on a nail. And Holy landed. shit! Yeah, like I was like in the, somewhere in my leg. I feel like it was on my shin or something, and I had to get stitches. So like, so there is like some stuntiness going on. Apparently, like the first. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, apparently my first attempt at walking, like, uh, I somehow knocked out teeth. But you would imagine that you walk before you have teeth, but I don't know. Like, uh, um, that's not, that's not true. Children have teeth long before they walk, or at least in my experience, they do. So I think when you're walking, you do have front teeth, at least. Then that checks out. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I I, uh, I went a little overboard my first try at walking and knocked out my front teeth. Do you like? Do you have regular pain sensors? <laughs> do you have no. like a regular pain receptor? It just doesn't no. register, does it? It's not. It's not that it doesn't register because if it was, if if I didn't register pain, you, it wouldn't be as entertaining. It, it wouldn't yeah, be. You wouldn't have the fear. Yeah, there wouldn't be the trepidation to build the suspense or or the you know the reaction to yeah. pay off the bit. Uh, the simple fact with me is that um, my desire for attention outweighs my desire for comfort. Do you uh, attention? Once you start getting that attention, it's kind of addictive, right? It's like what uh, now that I have something that people are giving me attention for, and I find that I'm good at it and. I just go for it now. And does that like yeah. manifest itself through high school and, and college? And that's where people are like, Steve, Oh shit. Um, you know, I wish that that was the case, but it, it, it wasn't really working for me, uh, when I was young. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I, I it really, uh, like I, I, remember, I have a memory of uh, third grade, like eight years old. We were living in Miami, Florida. And, uh, I, you know, I, I gathered the kids around in the cafeteria to watch me unscrew a salt shaker and just consume mass quantities of salt from it. Um, and uh, nobody thought that, that, that everybody just thought it was kind of creepy. And, and uh, you know, nobody really enjoyed that. You became misunderstood because they were like, oh, my God, what is that kid doing? And so maybe yeah. the attention at that age is a little bit different, obviously, than it is when you're starring in Jackass Four. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was uh, it was not necessarily really good. I remember like uh, when I was in when I was ten years old in fifth grade, um, one of like one of or perhaps even my last baby teeth 
um, was uh, just, I, I, I mean, but not really loose yet. I knew that if I ripped it out like uh, too soon, it would, there would be a lot of blood. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I went into class and told this girl I was sitting next to that I could leave whenever I wanted. I didn't have to be in class that day. And, uh, you know, she looked at me like I was a weird creep. And then when the class started, I ripped out the tooth super violently and there was all this blood. And uh, <laughs> I raised my hand to the teacher and the teacher said, go to the nurse, go to the nurse. And I I got up and said to the girl, like, see, I told you so. And like, <laughs> so that, that girl just thought I was a creep too. We had this. Uh, yeah, everybody just thought I was a creep. <laughs> we had this guy on uh v- go ahead well i mean david like i i handled that poorly right there um i was just gonna say that uh there was a particularly um like it, it pierced my heart uh and it's sad to say that that's the case but um in I'm going to guess uh, 2009, maybe 2010. Okay. Um, I was setting about putting together my, my first book, my, which was a memoir called Steve-O, Professional Idiot. And um, my sister, being the family historian, pulled out like uh, all the files that she had compiled over the years for me to have like, uh, you know, it's kind of resources for, yeah. from my book. And in going through them, I found, I found a report card from sixth grade, which was me when I was 12 years old. And the, there was a comment from my homeroom teacher, Mrs. Iaquesa, which read, uh, Steve, so, like some paraphrasing, but it said Steve's basically desperate for the approval and praise of his of his peers. Oh, you know the affection, the the approval, the praise. But everything that he does, um, you know, seeking this approval and praise brings about the opposite results. Mm. You know, it was a a story in in it. Reading that, like, I mean, I, I was reading that as an adult in my 30s, and it was just like, oh, I did you know, it. Oh, just God, feel yeah. the pain of that, of that little kid, you know, feel the pain of that little kid who wanted so desperately to be loved and yes. tried so hard to be loved. But the way that I, the way that I tried so hard just made everybody feel like I was a creep. That really resonates with me. I mean, and, and it worked out okay for you. Yeah, I mean, that characterized my childhood. You know, I, I think um, there's, uh, you know, there, there, there's, I believe, like uh, an an element of, uh, you know, alcoholism in mm. that. Like, like the idea of uh, just constantly feeling uncomfortable in my skin. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like alcoholics very often generally it's generally accepted as a trait of alcoholism this uh feeling of always uh being irritable restless and discontent Mm. and then people could sum it up by just saying uncomfortable in my own skin i and uh i agree with you man like yeah i just wasn't comfortable man i had a very uncomfortable childhood 
I, I know you, you've been to many therapy sessions just like I have. And my therapist will often say, that's the little boy, Brian, talking, right? Crying out for attention, crying out for acceptance, crying out for something. And you know what? Every time she says it to me, it fucking rips my heart out. It really does because I know she's speaking the truth. And um, so to connect with that, like, you know, many, many years later, you read this report card and you see like this... This was the little boy, Steve, uh, looking for attention, and the teacher so aptly pointed out maybe he's not getting the kind of attention he so, uh, you know, so desperately wants. And, um, but, you know, that weird energy, right, that energy that you had turned into something that really has become who you are. It's the definition of Steve, at least to the outside world. It's the definition of Steve O. And you've become a great success. You are a fucking movie star. And quite frankly, you're a legend. Tina and I, who's sitting here with me, um, Tina and I, you know, we're in the age group that is squarely, uh, watched you grow up on TV. And you're just like, there's something about you, Steve, that is so real and authentic. Even when you're doing things that are absolute insanity to the rest of us, we're all sitting there watching, cringing. There's something so authentic about Steve O and your journey, just as from, a, you know, watching you from the first season of Jackass to who you are today on Wild Ride. It's we've like grown up with you. You've grown up. We've grown up. We've all become a little bit more mature. How? uh when you're doing Bucket List, which is your new special that's out there, and we'll show, uh, tell people how to get there, and we'll, send the, we'll put a link on the show notes. When you're doing Bucket List, and you are taking it to the extreme, you clearly are scared of some of these things. Like the opening shot. I don't want to give it away, because I want people to watch it. But the opening shot, Steve, it looks like you, you're going to lose your fucking legs. I mean, it's crazy. When you're doing that stunt, are you like, holy shit, Steve, what the fuck are you doing? Or are you just in some other zone? Like, you know, uh, this, is, this is what I do. This is what I want to do. Well, first off, there were a lot of kind words there. Thank and you. thank you. I, for, I mean it, them. by the way. I mean uh, it, by the way. I'm, I'm profoundly well, yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot, man. I really do. Um, and uh, I'm also not particularly precious about uh, the, you know, saying what's in my bucket list special because I think that you can tell people, you know, my vision was to be on on a roof and have a big helicopter over me, drop a rope ladder, which I grab with my bare hands. <laughs> And get flown off and crashed through electrical wires and stuff like that. And let go and land on the roof of a moving tour bus. Like, you can say that to people and not really ruin it. You know? Guys, that was ambitious. Guys, and, uh, when you see this special, Steve is literally hanging off a fucking helicopter. And he drops himself onto a moving RV where the landing is less than spectacular, but he pulls it off. I thought you were going to die, man. I was like, holy shit, there he goes. That's Steve's last, last stunt. Yeah, like, uh, it, it, it wasn't even planned when uh, when the, the bus hit me. Yeah. While I was on the ladder like that, it, it was uh, very, very scary. And, um, yeah, I loved it, man. It, it was uh, the most expensive stunt that I've ever put together. Um and it it really worked. It, it worked, worked exactly well. the way I wanted it to work. Actually, it even worked better. And um, my bucket list special is very much like that. Uh, you know, from start to finish, it's uh, 
ambitious. It's, there's the one where um, I get uh, shot up with general anesthesia drugs while I'm <laughs> This is my next question. This is my and, next uh, question. <laughs> Tell this story. How do you convince a fucking doctor? Yeah, go for it. How do you convince a fucking doctor to put general anesthesia in you? How did you do that? Uh, you know, I didn't uh, make this as clear in the in the special, um, but uh, the what we really did. I mean, I just uh, you know. I said we, we we spoke with a few anesthesiologists. Um, I went on my Instagram story, and I put a, put my uh, story out on Instagram saying, "Hey, I, um, I, I it, it, if you're a general anesthesia specialist, or maybe I said if you're a, just a, a anesthesiologist, yeah, yeah, please reach out to uh, my guy Scott Randolph." And um, it's really remarkable how, like, 100% of the time that I've ever asked uh, for some random help on social media, even if it's, I need drugs to be stolen from a hospital and administered (laughs) while I'm riding a bicycle through a field, you know, or... uh, or you know, I did. It wasn't on social media that the that the epidural stunt um, that took took shape. But uh, but yeah, it, it's always worked, man. It's always worked. You got to see the special. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, I I want to move back one second. Steve, do you have like the world's best health insurance or are people just like, you know, uh, you must see the doctor quite a bit. I would imagine in in your line uh, of work. And uh, tell me when, when's the last time? Go ahead. I'm seeing the doctor more and more, and uh, it's not even. I really don't think it's because of uh, stunts. I think it's just the fact that you know I'm 49 years old. Yeah. Like I really, I really like tomorrow. I'm going in. Tomorrow I'm having surgery on my knee uh, to repair a torn meniscus, and it's not from a stunt. It's just wear and tear. Yeah. Like uh, if anything, I think it happened while I was riding a bicycle, and not the general anesthesia <laughs> bike ride. <laughs> not the one where you went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> then again, like uh, it was from a stunt that I got the collarbone hardware put in, and it was from a stunt that I got the ankle hardware put in, and it was from a stunt that I got the skin grafts all over my body. Now, not all over my body, all over my arms and my back. Yeah, I mean, you may not have had all the doctor's visits because of the stunts, but you've probably had quite a few. Is there, like, when you go to do a jackass, there must be an incredible amount of attention paid to how we're going to ensure the people that are on this movie and just getting clearances to do that, all those stunts. You know, it, it, was, it wasn't until Jackass 3D in 2010 that I first asked, hey, what happens if somebody gets, like, really badly hurt or killed? (laughs) And the answer was? They said, oh, uh, standard workman's comp laws uh, apply. Standard? I'm sure there's there's, um, insurance stuff, too, but um, 
But yeah, like when I broke my collarbone on the set of the fourth Jackass movie, and um, yeah, it was like a workman's comp claim. That's so. that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have I imagined you guys would have been insuranced up in seven different ways to Sunday. But maybe yeah, the I, I insurance too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I've course, insurance too. What is the what is the craziest stunt that you have done? Uh, a part of you know on your own bucket list, jackass, any of the series, any of the television shows. What is the craziest stunt that you did that you just would never do again? You're, I, I'm just done with it. I would never attempt that again. There are plenty of things that uh, I wouldn't do again. Um, but I would probably say the one the, with the burns, the, the fire angels. Yeah. Um, that was the, the, the big closing stunt, the, the grand finale of my second comedy special, which was called Gnarly. And... Um, that one lives uh, just just for free streaming, like at stevo.com. If you want to watch that, it just starts playing right away. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, like, and you got badly hurt on that one, burnt like yeah, skin. Yeah, that was the one. Like I mean, I laid down in a bed of rocket engine fuel <laughs> and, did, and did snow angels while my buddies lit the fuel. <laughs> Who comes up with these ideas? You specifically, or is it like you guys, you and a, and your friends or the production team, y'all get together and you brainstorm ideas and then you see um, if they're even feasible and then what's the process? I mean, the, the ideas come in different ways and, and the process certainly varies, but um, in that case, um, the idea was um, you know, to just blow up my living room with me in it. It was, it was, it, it was actually... <laughs> inspired by my my relationship with my girl at the time it was my girlfriend <clears throat> who's now my fiance and uh i just felt like i, I felt uh very strongly that, that this was a relationship that i was committed to and to look at my house at the time it was very much the house that i you know, kind of decorated as a bachelor, and it was, you know, my bachelor pad. And I no longer wanted it to feel like my girl was, you know, in my house. I wanted it to feel like it was our house. Our house. Yes, totally. So my my way of uh, making that, I said, I want to blow up the living room. (laughs) I want to, like, really screw up all the requiring us to, to, to paint over everything. And uh, and that you know, and then I want my girl to to you know, kind of uh, lead the charge and decorate decorating it to make it feel like our house. Tina, so, this, this shows a level of maturity. This shows yeah. a level of maturity. <laughs> yes. It really does. Self awareness and maturity. Because I yeah. know a lot of guys who refuse to change a damn thing. It's my place. It's my house. I'm keeping it the way that I want it. But I knew early on that if you wanted to invite a woman to live with you or your girlfriend or whatever it happens to be, if you want to do that, they have to feel like it's their place too. Not that just a couple dresses are hanging in extra space in your closet. That is They have correct. to feel like they're part of the game, right? <laughs> yes. Because I would want that too. So it's Absolutely. just like a bit of self awareness. Look at you, Steve. <laughs> You're all grown up, buddy. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> rad. Like, uh, I'm gonna, bl- I want to blow up the living room, um, and uh, didn't really do a whole lot of damage to the living room. <laughs> you know? More damage to yourself. <laughs> we did like uh, we 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 got to, I mean, we made a little bit of a mess, 
But, uh, but yeah, the damage was primarily to myself, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a crazy, it was a crazy thing, man. It was, uh, you know, and and whenever I've gotten hurt doing stunts, you know, thankfully I've recovered from from everything for the most part, um, and the the more uh, consequential, the more hurt I got, it's always just made the stunt more notable it's been a more of a notch in my belt so there's nothing really to regret about any of that for me and um you know like once something epic's happened like it's happened there's not really there's there's got to be a compelling reason to go and do something again exactly it's you adding to the uh art piece right i i look at your career and you've just done so many things that are notable in my own head. And then, you know, talking to people that knew that you were coming on the show, Oh, you got to ask him about this stunt. You got to ask him about that stunt. And I think everybody feels the same way. It's like, Holy shit. Look at this guy's career. He's still alive. He's still walking and talking. And he has done all this stuff at his own expense for the enjoyment of the people on the other end. And probably you got, you know, you're getting something out of it too, obviously. Um, But that relationship between the audience and you, all of it's on celluloid, which is the great thing too. What what I see, like, on YouTube, and then I see somebody doing similar things for, like, you know, 10 views. Now, listen, this could be the beginning of another, the next Steve-O, or it could just be some kid, you know, breaking his arm for, uh, for a couple of views. Um, but you really have made a pretty storied career out of this. Do you, do you, can you walk into an airport or into a mall or, you know, Target, wherever you go shopping, can you walk into one of those places and not be recognized? Um, I'm sure during the pandemic it might have been easier because of the mask. But like, if you don't have any mask on and you just walk in, do you get recognized uh, enough that it becomes like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta go into Target? The mask never helps. Um, oh really? Yeah, because as soon as I open my mouth, it's I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I, I get recognized over the phone. Oh yeah. I try to order a pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, not not all the time, but uh, but it's it's not infrequent. Why do, why do you talk this way? Is this like it's just just a gravelly voice, or I I, I think I one of our intrepid researchers heard that you speak with your muscles and not with your vocal cords or something like I that. Guess so. That that's what I'm told. Has it always been like that? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> it's, it's I, I, I just suck at talking. <laughs> uh. You graduated from Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Clown School, but you didn't actually go to work for the for the circus. Is that right? Uh, I didn't work for the Ringling Circus. I worked for a circus called the Hannaford Family Circus. Oh. And I worked as a clown on Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. Oh my God! You're kidding me. Nope. So you're on these Royal Caribbean uh, cruises. Are you? testing some of these ideas that you have for doing crazy stunts or are you just taking it like it's a job i go out i i do um my clown show and then i i, I call it a day uh i mean I, I filmed uh i filmed crazy stunts on the cruise ships and um the uh the line between what i did you know in my professional role on the cruise ships versus what i was doing as extracurricular for uh, 
my my aspirations in my video camera. That line got a little bit blurry. Um, certainly got blurry, but uh, yeah. When you were filming these, is this what eventually became like the tapes that you were trying to get into Big Brother and and you were, or were you just uh, was this pre or post or? I I was already in Big Brother. Yeah. When, uh, when I got the cruise ship job, um, it was before going on to the cruise ship that the Big Brother boob video came out. Um, so yeah, that was all, that was all happening, but there were like certain things like, um, the, uh, one of the clowns I worked with, um, while we were in the office typing up our weekly report, uh, one, <laughs> one weekly of the clown report on Royal yeah, Caribbean, like, uh, you know, the, the, the job that we had, it was called interactive performers and, um, the, uh, you know, the different things that we did, it was kind of an experimental thing. Like, uh, we were the first to have this job. So the, the, the company wanted a, a weekly report of what we did. Okay. Gotcha. And we were typing up our report and, uh, the, this clown that I worked with just grabbed the stapler off the desk and just whacked himself with it. And sure enough, he had a staple in his arm <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> And um, we got paid in cash on the cruise ship, uh, like every other week. Like every two weeks, we got paid, and uh, we made like six hundred bucks a week. So it was more than a thousand bucks that we got paid every two weeks in cash, and it was all hundred dollar bills. Holy so shit! The next time we got paid, um, I uh, with my friend's blessing, I was like, "Man, do you mind if I take this staple thing and?" And I filmed a bit called the the thousand dollar man, where I, I uh, stapled <laughs> I'd stapled ten one hundred dollar bills across my arms and my chest, and I called myself the the one thousand dollar man. <laughs> Did you do this in front of people? Where how was it received on the Royal Caribbean crowd? <laughs> I'm trying to imagine Steve O stapling hundreds to himself. We did it. We did it in the same office gotcha. where we typed up the, the reports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you, I've heard, I've had friends who've entertained on cruise ship. Like they were, you know, one guy was a, did a piano and the other girl did a guitar or whatever. What was it like <laughs> living on a cruise ship? How long did you do that job for? Uh, I lasted for six months. I, I had a six month contract, and um, the uh, other clowns. And my, there, we were a troop of four clowns on this one ship, and uh, <laughs> all three, all three of the other clowns went to the cruise ship brass and said, "If Steve-O comes back for another contract, <laughs> we, we all quit." <laughs> Probably uh, some of the guests. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a clown mutiny. They they all they said, "If Steve-O comes back, we all quit." <laughs> Holy so, shit! Uh, yeah, so, so my boss clown, uh, when I saw when I saw my boss clown who wasn't part of my troop, he was like, "Man, these these fucking clowns went behind your back, and they they, they made it so you're not coming back for another contract. They, they're like, that's it's not in the cards. You're not coming back, definitely not. And they don't have the balls to tell you that. Uh, and I don't want them to do you like that. He said, "I'm telling you, this job is going away." You do not have this job at the end of your contract, so I'm telling you 
to call up your skateboard buddies and try and drum up another gig. Uh, and he said, if if I let it be known that he told me that, that he would lose his job. So I had to keep it a secret and I had to work with these fucking clowns for another <laughs> like, it was like another two months. It was another two months and we were training for the launch, the, the maiden voyage of the world's largest cruise ship. Yeah. There, were all these, there were all these routines, these scripts and stuff that I had to learn with these other clowns, knowing that I would never perform them. <laughs> <laughs> and that the other clowns had stabbed you in the back. And, and they couldn't know that I knew. Yeah, because it was all hush hush. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I pulled it off. I, I, I pulled it off and um, I, I reached out to Big Brother and I was like, yo, like, uh, you know, I, I got I got this idea. Like, I'm going to because I'd been walking on stilts on the cruise ships and um, always terrified. That sounds sleeping. terribly dangerous. <laughs> it's like you fall I mean, off the edge. Yeah. No, no, we we're never like it wasn't even about falling off the edge of the ship, but. It was it was just falling in general. Yeah, because the ship's scary. moving. Yeah. So because I was, you know, I, like I was kind of uh, front front of my mind, and I thought, man, I got to do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tip myself over on stilts, and I was like, but, but I got to make it big and rad. So I called up Jeff Tremaine. I was like, I'm gonna have a a stilt costume, which which will be lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> While my stilt costume's on fire, I'm going to have a unicyclist ride a unicycle through my stilts while a skateboarder jumps off the roof of a house <laughs> over my head and and through a fireball that I'm blowing out of my mouth. So the photo will be the skateboarder going through the fireball that I'm blowing out of my mouth while the unicyclist rides through the stilts <laughs> I'm on fire. And then when those two guys ride away, then I'm going to crack open a beer and pound it while I tip myself over. And then when I hit the ground, I need to be extinguished. And uh, I wanted that to be um, the the cover of Big Brother magazine. Wow. Tremaine liked the idea. And I, I walked off the cruise ship with uh, like $9,000 in cash. Which was n like not clever of me to have been stashing all that cash in my cabin on the <laughs> Especially not with those fucking backstabby clowns. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I put some of it in the bank. I don't know. But there was a there was a bunch of cash that I had, and um, you know, I uh, I flew myself back and forth to California to do um, you know to do big stunts to try to get noticed. And when I got out to California with the fire stunt. Um, that's when I met Knoxville. Tremaine waited until I was out there, and he was like, "Hey, dude! Like now that you're out here, I can tell you, uh, this isn't just for the ma the magazine. We're doing this for a pilot." Jeez. And, uh, and yeah, I did that fire stunt for the pilot. It didn't make the cover, but the photo was the table of contents, the whole page. Yeah, I've, so it was I've seen it. Yeah, we got a cool photo out of that, and um, and then. Uh, yeah, kind of the rest is history. And had had those clowns, and you know what? Like I do owe it to those clowns for me to. I, I can't provide <laughs> history. Yeah, you know, the, fair the, enough. The reality is, the truth is, I gave those clowns every reason to. I I was very disrespectful of those clowns. <laughs> I did not think they were 
fucking rad. I didn't think they had any like skills that I admired. They didn't. I didn't think that their that their stupid shit that they were trying to come up with was funny or rad. I just didn't think anything that they did was awesome at all. And as such, I had no respect for them, and I behaved very much with disdain. <laughs> I mean, not disdain as much. I just didn't have time for them. I was yeah, you were like, like whatever you guys want to do, and I would just have my headphones on, practicing my juggling, and just my, you know, like I ignored them, and and I was disrespectful, and so, like, um, they had every reason to. Uh, to do what they did and thank God they did what they did because if 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 I kept that job for another contract you wouldn't goes, have been jackass yeah there goes the jackass pilot there goes the whole thing so Steve name one of those clowns who made a billion dollars at the box office <laughs> that's right <laughs> I think everything turned out okay I don't think jackass made any billion dollars no I'm talking about all of it together you got you guys I, I'm do you think you've made a billion dollars on all four movies no, no? So, well, that's a damn shame. You should be, you should have made a billion dollars. I think uh, I think we probably cracked a half a billion, but all all four movies put together, definitely not a billion. Honestly, anything over ten thousand dollars sounds rich to me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You have to it. if you if you can please touch on one thing. True or not true? You did blow <laughs> with Mike Tyson. Oh yeah. In, in, a bunch of it for hours. And were you not at all intimidated? Do you know him? Do you like you guys had like a previous relationship, and then you hung out one night, and somebody had some blow? Or no, I'm pretty sure it was the first time we ever met, and I had a bunch of cocaine, and uh, and we locked ourselves in a bathroom for for probably three hours until we had consumed it all. Wow. And what is the conversation life with, like with Mike Tyson when everyone's high? Are you guys like really, are you, is it, listen, I've done quite a bit of blow myself and I know what those conversations can be like, you know, hours long, yeah. meandering, we're talking about sure. saving the world. And then you wake up in the morning and all you want is a beer and to go back to bed. Um, but what do you guys talk about? Do you remember any of it? I mean, you don't share anything yeah, super personal, but. For sure. Um, I mean, I just, I think that the, the, the final thought Mike's parting comment was that everybody's got Steve-O wrong, that Steve-O's actually very intelligent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Who? He said, everybody's got you wrong. You're a smart guy. Wow. Really? To have Mike yeah. Tyson say that to you, I'd, I'd just be a little nerd. I mean, listen, I don't know Mike Tyson, and he seems like a perfectly lovely guy. You know, he's, he yes. also has matured, and he, you listen to him sometimes, and you're like, wow, Mike Tyson really got his shit together. Like, he knows what he's talking about. He's almost like a philosopher in some ways, right? And yeah. But I don't know, just me personally being stuck in a bathroom with Mike Tyson <laughs> doing blow. I'd be like, oh, I hope this doesn't go the wrong way. I hope he also thinks I'm intelligent, so I don't, I don't get hit. Steve? Yeah. I, I got to tell you, and I know I shared a little bit uh, earlier on in the in the conversation, but I see our and uh, uh, Tina's been a friend of mine for thirty plus years, and we've been big fans uh, since since you guys came on air. And I have to sh say that I feel like our life path have gone similar directions, and it's just such a pleasure to talk to you and know that the authenticity that that we kind of felt through the screen is really there you're a really cool guy and i'm so grateful that you came on the show 
Well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. I, uh, you know, for you to know about the the stilt stunt for Big Brother, that's uh, that's going deep, man. That's uh, that was a long time ago, and uh, it's pretty rad, dude. If I'm gonna have Steve O on, I'm gonna ask questions that I sincerely <laughs> want answers to, not ones that I already have answers to. So, um, and you know, we do our homework. We don't want to sound like total idiots once we get on here. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, sounds like you checked out my bucket list special too. We did, and yeah. we're gonna encourage our listeners to do so. Also, uh, Steve O, uh, podcaster, stunt maker, philosopher. Uh, engaged for a long time guy and doesn't matter because he'll do it when he's ready and i'd like to consider you a friend of the commercial break now too will you come back on sometime steve sure man i love it I where, really, where, 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 where does this live is it, it's, it's in atlanta YouTube? oh it lives on youtube but, uh, but it really where the audience is is on the podcast on the audio version so i'll right. send of okay. course we'll send you a link we'll get in touch with you um, I love it. and send all the the information and uh come back on sometime we love you. Best to you. Thanks, Steve. Hey, man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. No problem. Glad to have you. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, dude. Let's cut to the chase. We love you, and we want to hear your sweet, angelic voices asking us for advice. So give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 626-ASK-TCB3. If you're not ready for that kind of commitment, which I understand, send us a text instead at 855-TCB-8383. And as always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Commercial Break and on TikTok at TCB Podcast. And this wouldn't be a TCB promo if I didn't tell you to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Commercial Break, to watch all of our amazing video edits. You can also go to tcbpodcast.com to find everything we have ever put on the website. Let's listen to some sponsors and then we are back on track, baby. Love you. Bye. Oh my gosh, what a fun time with Steve. He couldn't have been more gracious. Absolutely fantastic. I am still tripping over that story about Mike Tyson and doing blow for five hours with Mike Tyson. I can't believe he said locked in the bathroom. Locked in the bathroom <laughs> with Mike Tyson. And listen, I've seen, I'll reiterate this, I've seen lots of recent video. We've all seen Mike Tyson since his heyday as a crazy and crazy talented boxer. He would destroy human beings, and everybody was yeah. afraid of him. But he seems like he's gotten some self-awareness and some perspective on life. He's almost like a philosopher now. Super chill. A philosopher with a really weird voice, but a philosopher nonetheless. Yes. Doesn't he raise pigeons? I don't. I think he does. I think he's a pigeon raiser. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me It doesn't surprise me either. It's like the most, the ex biggest example of brute force in our lifetime, Mike Tyson. Absolutely. Is like petting pigeons. He did this whole documentary about <laughs> petting pigeons or something it was really fascinating but then when steve says the clowns voted me off the island like the clowns stabbed me in the back i just Too lost much. my shit and then he said the boss clown oh yeah the boss clown <laughs> <laughs> i'm just imagining thugs you know like yeah 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 and uh how do you not get hired on the circus that paid you to Outra train outrageous the circus it's only, outrageous only steve but i like Here's what I like about Steve, and I tried to convey the message. I hope I did appropriately. Steve also has some perspective 
now in his later life. I think now that he's sobered up and he's probably sure. been to more therapy meetings than we'll ever go to in our time <laughs> of life. Um, he's just got some self-awareness and there's not a bit, not an air of anything about him. He came on. He Super authentic. Soon. So genuine. Yeah. Very humble. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I'm really grateful Me that too. Steve decided to come on. That. I it, hope we get him back one day. We will get him back. Yeah. I have a feeling he'll come back. And Chrissy's not here. But if you had told Chrissy and I at the beginning of this crazy adventure, or even a month ago, that Steve-O would agree to come on the commercial break, we probably would have laughed you out of the room. Yes. Because this is the most mediocre comedy podcast available. (laughs) I have a feeling none of Steve's people (laughs) listened to the show before they agreed to come on. But we're so grateful that he did decide to come on. Um, Yeah. So all the pertinent details are available inside of the show notes. Let me remind you. Go check out his special Hilarious. Pay a few bucks. Go watch it. It's not money wasted. If you're a fan of anything Jackass or Steve-O, you're going to love this. Also, check out his podcast, uh, Wild Ride. It's it's good. And he's got some real big-time celebrities that walk in the door. I was watching the um, Johnny Knoxville one. I was watching the Johnny Knoxville one. Yeah. Can I hear you? No? Why can't I hear you? What happened to you? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Tina went away, but here, oh, there you are. Am but I let back? me get. I don't know what happened there. But <laughs> let me give you the pertinent details for this show. TCBpodcast.com as Christina says, go there for everything that we've ever put on the website. <laughs> <laughs> you can also dial us up at one six two six ask TCB the number three. That's six two six ask TCB the number three. You can leave us a voicemail or text us. Comments, questions, concerns, content ideas. Ask Brian's mom. Ask TCB. You need advice. We're here not to give it. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) You're going to love it. You want your piggy fronting sticker? Let me move backwards a little bit. You want your piggy fronting sticker? They are available. You can go to the website, hit the Contact Us button. The drop-down menu says, I want my free sticker. Give us your address, and then seven to ten days later, we'll send it off in the mail. It takes about two weeks to get to you. So leave Astrid alone! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Astrid. <laughs> Poor Astrid. Uh, also, at the commercial break on Instagram for clips of the show. We'll put some clips of Steve-O up there, of course. Um, TCB podcast on TikTok. And then YouTube.com slash the commercial break. Here's what we're doing. We're putting out clips of the regular episodes, and then we're editing and putting out the full episodes for the interview so you guys have a chance to see and hear your favorite celebrities here on the commercial see and hear your favorite celebrity (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah steve-o's gotta be one of my favorite celebrities oh my god but he is now that's for sure in all of my celebrity interactions i will tell you that i've had two in the last three weeks heather mccann heather mcmahon excuse me and uh steve-o they fantastic fantastic they're just like fast friends and uh, we'll probably never talk to him again. But hey, at least we got one opportunity right. to do it. <laughs> uh, so go to the YouTube.com slash the commercial break. Subscribe, like on your favorite video, comment, all that good stuff. You know how to do it. We want to thank you for being the best listeners in the podcast universe. Keep those reviews and comments coming. We just love them. Oh, and Chrissy will be back for season number five. I talked to her just a couple days ago. Guys, send all your... Thoughts and prayers, guys. Thoughts and prayers. All right. That's all I can do for today. But I'll tell you that I love you. I love you. Best to you, Tina. Best to you, Brian. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Until next time, Tina and I always say, we do say, and we must say, goodbye. goodbye.